Oh, amen. Choir, thank you so much. I tell you, we got the best choir in the world, and uh, to quote a famous evangelist, they are so full of the Spirit, so full of the Lord that if a mosquito would bite one of them, it'd fly away singing, there's power in the blood. <laughs> Amen. Y'all are great. Just wonderful. <laughs> Amen. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I made a promise today that I would not mention football. <laughs> my, my team got clobbered yesterday, and so uh, I, I'm receiving... Uh, grief counseling from Carolina fans, though, so I, <laughs> I appreciate that so much. Thank you so much. I, I'm going to preach today about 2020 vision. Uh, 2020 vision. I um, was driving down the road the other day and thought I'd pull into a drugstore and and check my vision out. So I started trying on these reading glasses. You know, if you wear bifocals, you got a problem because when you're on the computer, you're trying to tip your head back and forth, trying to see. And so I thought I'd buy some computer glasses. So I went in there and tried them on and told my wife, I said, I'm amazed at how my vision has gotten weaker and weaker and how that now all of a sudden I can see the computer just because I'm looking through a stronger lens. And so today as we look at 2020, talk about 2020 vision, we need to look at the world through a God kind of lens. How many times we make a mistake because we don't look at the world through the eyes of God? I heard about a, about a preacher who was out on uh, visitation one time, and, and so he was just kind of going door to door and knocking on doors and inviting people. You know, we used to do that years ago. We'd canvas an area, and we'd just go door to door and knock on those doors and invite people to come to the Lord's house. And This preacher was out visiting, and he knocked on the door, and sure enough, there in the house, there was a holy hush that went on. Now the preacher knew, he said, I, I just know somebody's in there. They got real quiet, thinking if they get real quiet, the preacher will go away. So finally the preacher went around back and he knocked on the back door. He circled the house and saw the car in the driveway and he said, I know that I know they're inside that house. So finally he thought, got a great idea. He took one of his business cards and he wrote on the business card, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, which says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and will open the door, I will come in to them. Well, the next Sunday morning, the lady of the house shows up. She catches the preacher there in back of the church. and She gives the card back to him. And she had written on the card, Genesis chapter 3, verse 10, which says, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. (laughs) 
some of y'all get that later on, all right? Sometimes our vision is just not strong enough, and sometimes we don't have it all figured out, do we? 2020. You know, it's hard to think we're on the verge of the year 2020. And as we move to 2020 vision, God has a word for us as His people here at First Baptist Church in Columbia. We were having staff meeting not too long ago, and uh, Steve Phillips made a great comment. Uh, someone was talking about how great the pageant was and how wonderful the music was and how did everything just fit together. And then Steve Phillips said this. He said, yes, but it's all for nothing. He said, it is wood, hay, and stubble unless the Spirit of God comes down. We are literally dead in the water without the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God upon our church. Somebody in another church made a comment that it's amazing. He said, if the Spirit of God left, we're so organized and we are so put together and wired together that everything would just go on as if nothing happened. I want to tell you, in the year 2020, we need what they had in the book of Acts. The difference between maybe the 21st century church and the 1st century church is really two things. It is influence and power. You know, the 1st century church, they, they had influence with a lost world. And they had power in their ministry. As we think about those two things, O.S. Hawkins one time said, the early church did not have enough influence with the world to keep Peter out of prison. But they had enough power to pray him out. In Acts chapter 17 verse 6, it says, these that have turned the world upside down have come here also. I don't know about you, but man, I want that kind of influence. I want that kind of power where literally we turn the world upside down for Jesus. I want that in my life. Man, just think about, about the early church, the way that they had this tremendous, tremendous influence with the lost world around them. I want you to take your Bible today and I want you to find the book of Acts. And today I'm going to preach on 2020 vision from the book of Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 and then verses 43 through 47. We're living in days where holy things seem to not be respected. I, I believe that this book is the living, inspired, inerrant Word of God. Man, I, I believe it's so inspired. I believe even the ribbon and the concordance is inspired. I believe it's the Word of God. So I'm going to ask you to do something today. I want you to stand with me, if you will, in honor of the reading of the Word of God. 
Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. And now look, if you will, at verses 43 through 47. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. They began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need, day by day continuing with one mind in the temple. And breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Thank you. You may be seated. Somebody read that account in the book of Acts and they simply said, wow, what a church. Man, what a, what a church, what a fellowship. As you look at the book of Acts, I know in some Bibles it'll say, Acts of the Apostles. But really what you have in the book of Acts is the Acts of Jesus. It is the acting out of Jesus in and through His people, the church. Let me give you a little background to the book of Acts. The author is Luke, a doctor and a Gentile. In the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The first account I composed, Theopolis, but all that Jesus began to do and teach. Well, the first account is the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 1, verse 1 mentions an account. And so the author is a doctor, a Gentile. And so he's writing this to a particular person. Now look at the audience. This guy named Theopolis. Now the word Theopolis means friend of God. Luke is writing to him, writing a, almost like a second gospel is what the book of Acts is. And then look at the account. In chapter 1, verse 1, it says, All that Jesus began. And notice that word began. You know, Jesus began His ministry in the gospel. Now, you and I could go to Bethlehem and admire the baby there in the manger. But you can't stay there long. You move on and look at His wonderful ministry and life, but you can't stay there long either. And then you move on and look at Calvary and look at the cross and you find the place where Jesus paid it all for you and I. But you can't stay there either. Because then you move on to the tomb and 
And then you find that, that the tomb became empty. Oh, we sang, up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. But you can't stay there either. Then Acts chapter 1, you find the ascension. Jesus lifts off and goes back into heaven. But that's not the end either. Because Jesus continues to work and move through the church in the book of Acts. But that's not all either. Because He continues to move and to work and to minister through His church today. And you and I are His voice today. And you and I are His hands today. And we're His feet. And His work moves on into the 21st century. Hmm. Well, there's also an action here that we need to hear in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 2. It says, Until the day when He was taken up to heaven, after He had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom He had chosen. You find the word there, orders. They were to wait for the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Jesus told that early church, don't preach. Don't sing. Don't get out there until you have the power and the anointing of the Spirit of God on your life. I want to tell you, it had have been hard for me. Because boy, I'd, I'd have said, Lord, turn me loose and let me go. But do you realize that the church fails so many times because we get ahead of God or we get behind God and we're not in step with God because we don't wait for the moving of the Spirit. Billy Graham was preaching one time and boy, I mean, it was back in his heyday. Boy, Billy Graham had a crusade. Monday night, preached on the reality of hell. Tuesday night, he preached on heaven. Wednesday night, he preached on Jesus saves. Some little Dear lady caught him, and she was prim and proper, and she said, uh, Mr. Graham, they're saying out there that you're preaching hell hot, heaven sweet, and Jesus saves. She said, you're just disrupting things around here. Billy Graham just smiled. And she said, you know, you've set our church back 200 years. You know what Billy Graham said? He said, dear ma'am, I'd like to set it back 2,000 years. Amen? I'd like to set it back to Pentecost. I want to tell you, the old hymn, Lord, send the old time power, the Pentecostal power, that ain't a bad thing to sing in these days. And I was, came to South Carolina, I had a dream, I, I want to go on a mission trip. I said, Lord, I, I want to go to a far-off place. 
Lord, I want to see Pentecost. God, I want to see the fire and I want to hear the wind and God, I want to see you move in a mighty way. So I got my wish. I got to go to Kenya. Went to Kenya and I, I ministered about a about 100 miles north of Nairobi. And I always thought Africa was hot. I liked to froze to death. And I... I got up there in the mountains. It was freezing cold. When I would come in from a day of ministry, I, I looked forward to drawing a, a hot bath. And just getting in that hot water and just kind of unthawing. One day I got in this big bathtub and full of hot water. And I reached for my bar of soap. Couldn't find the bar of soap. And I thought to myself, I said, well, someone's come in taking my soap away. So I asked the guy I was rooming with, I said, did you take my bar of soap? He said, no, I didn't. Finally, I looked over in the corner. I saw my bar of soap half eaten. You think about that. I was trying to find the rat that was blowing bubbles. (laughs) Sometimes God will take you to Africa. Sometimes God will take you to the mission field. But I want to tell you this. Right here in Columbia, there's a mission field. I want to tell you, wherever you are, there's an open door. There's a place where God can plant you there. There's a spot where you can have influence and power in someone's life. So, 2020 vision. How do we get to the point where we can have influence and power in our world today? Well, there in your bulletin, I've given you an outline i got two points. For you and I to have what they had there, we got to have these two things. Number one, we got to have unity. Unity. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. The Bible says they were all together. Verse number 44 says, And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. Man, listen, they they were just together. They enjoyed being together. They loved being together. They, They were just excited about gathering together. Man, they they had church every single day. Sometimes I hear people groan on Saturday. They say, oh, we've got to go to church tomorrow. Listen, they went to church every single day and loved it. Unity. Sometimes it's hard to get people moving in the same direction. I remember back years ago, I, I was in a building program and I made a big, big mistake. I was in a building program at this church and we were remodeling and we were building and, and so uh, we had a very dangerous thing going on. We had to pick out the color of the new carpet. It's a very dangerous thing. So we thought to ourselves, got with the building committee and I said, you know, they're going to want to see it ahead of time. These Baptists are going to want to vote on the color of the carpet. So I said, let's give them three choices. 
Well, that was too, too many. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to give them three choices. Now, first of all, we're going to give them the choice that we really want, and it's the color called plumberry. Well, I just love saying that. <laughs> plumberry. So we're going to give them that choice. And then we're going to give them another choice, Aztec Rust. Its name even sounds ugly, doesn't it? All right, Rust. I said, they'll never pick that. And then I said, let's find the absolute ugliest color that we can find. And we found something called tortoise shell. So man, I laid all three of those out there. We had one of these old-time Baptist church conferences. I said, beloved, we're going to vote. I said, here is Plumberry. I mean, I introduced it like it was a prize fighter coming out. You know what that church did? They chose tortoise shell. <laughs> they picked the ugliest, blandest color they could find. All the years of my ministry, I'd walk on that tortoise shell and God would say, you should have never done it, should have never done it. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When the church is unified, the world out there knows it and they'll be attracted to what we got. Adrian Rogers one time said, this church in the book of Acts was not rusted together by tradition. They were not wired together by organization. And they were not frozen together by formalism. They were melted and brought together by prayer, praise, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Woo! What a church! What a church! That they were melted together by prayer, praise, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, Pentecost. Pentecost came because they were unified. They had unity and not uniformity. There's a difference. Uniformity means that we're all cookie cut. I'm glad we're different. If you want something done quickly at First Baptist Church in Columbia, if you want it done right away, I'm your man. If you want someone to get into a committee room and, and study something a long time and, and strategize, boy, don't call me. Because sometimes I get in those committee meetings and I'm saying, turn me loose, man. Just set me free. Let me get out there. But I'm glad that there are those that know how to plan, that know how to strategize. And then there are those that have, well, fire on their feet. They're always moving. They had the miracle of sound and sight at Pentecost because of their unity. If you and I want to listen to me, if we want power and influence in 2020, we got to be unified. All right, number two. Here's the second point. Number two, they had power and influence because they had something I call unction. <laughs> unction. 
That's an old word. The word unction means an anointing of the Spirit of God. Acts chapter 2, verse 4, look at it. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. They had the filling and the power and the anointing of the Spirit of God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Be filled with the Spirit. It's a command. How do you know? How do you know when you're filled with the Spirit of God? I want you to take your Bible. This will be the last part of the message. Take your Bible and look at the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. There are three evidences of the filling of the Spirit of God in Ephesians 5. Number one, there is a inward evidence. Now look at chapter 5, verse 19. The Bible says, Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. The inward evidence is that you are praising the Lord in your heart. Man, if you are filled with the Spirit, down deep in your heart, there's going to be a voice of praise. A voice of praise. Well, there's also a upward evidence. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.20, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. The upward evidence is thanksgiving. Always giving thanks. And then third, there is a outward evidence. And that's verse 21. It says, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Serving one another. If you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit, it will be inward, upward, and outward evidence of that. I was thinking about the joy it is in serving. One time I was driving down one of those old country roads in Oklahoma. Dirt everywhere. Mud. Red clay everywhere. I had some deacons that were following me. So man, I was, had the pedal down. I mean, I was kicking up dust. I had a 1978 Ford pickup. Throwing dust everywhere. Those deacons were back there trying to drive, trying trying to see the road. And all of a sudden, I got to a wet spot in the road and slid right off. Slid right off in the ditch. You know what those godly deacons did? They got out of their pickups and got behind mine and pushed me out of that ditch. I heard one of them, his name was Lowell, he said, Floorboard it! So I popped the clutch and did that, and I looked in my rearview mirror, and those deacons were covered in mud. I mean, I threw mud all over them. That's a picture of service, isn't it? You can't serve Jesus if you're not willing to get a little dirty. Somebody said... 
You can't be a shepherd without smelling like your sheep. You got to spend time with them. Well, for 2020, the vision, vision of our church ought to be to have power and influence with a lost world. How do we get it? By having unity and unction. Let me close today by talking about an old hymn. I love the old hymns, but there's one that makes me a little sad. It's the hymn, Showers of Blessing. And the reason why is because in that hymn, you find these words. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the mercy drops. In 2020, I don't want to see a drop here and a drop there. Man, I want the showers. Joey, I want the showers on real. I want the showers on our first women's ministry. I want the showers on our student ministry. I, I want the showers on our college ministry. The YPs. I, I want the showers of blessing that we need. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me and close your eyes. We're going to have a time of invitation. In the year 2020, who is it that you need to have influence with? I want you just to think of that person's name right now. Would you just pray? Would you just pray for that person and pray that God would give you an open door to have influence? There's something in your life that you need to change. And you don't have the power to change it. Would you pray that God, through His Holy Spirit, would give you the power to change that, that one thing in your life that you need to change in 2020? Oh, Father God, I pray that You bless this invitation time. Spirit of God, I pray that You would move. God, I claim Your promise today that if Jesus be lifted up, He'll draw all men unto Him. God, may You honor that today. Lord, there are some that need to come at the altar here today and pray. God, there are some that need to walk down the aisle and join this church. God, I pray for the moving of Your Spirit. God, I pray that today Jesus will be glorified. Father, bless this time in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Let's stand together.
Well, thank you so much for being here today, and thank you for listening so well. It's been my joy to preach, and and uh, I got a few announcements here, just three. And um, I always admire Wes. He seems like he preaches through these announcements pretty quick. But uh, Wes sent these to me, and first of all, he wanted me to thank you for your giving. And uh, we are on track to reach our goal of seven hundred and fifty thousand for giving in December. And just a reminder, if you need to speak with Buster uh, about your giving, uh, you can do that this week. He'll be in the office. Uh, Second announcement, uh, in the new year, Wes will be preaching a new sermon series uh, entitled, On Your Mark, from the book of Hebrews. And there's information about that in your bulletin. And then the third announcement, Vision Sunday is uh, next Sunday, right? Next Sunday, parents of children and students are encouraged to RSVP by noon Monday uh, for the Vision Sunday luncheon and will be next week in Ellis Hall. Details are in your bulletin. So I know that you're all going to read your bulletin, right? I'm confident of that. All right, let's stand together. <laughs> 